Hey everybody and welcome to episode 25 of the Panelized Prefab Kit Home Building Show. With me in the studio as usual is the president and founder of Landmark Home and Land Company, a company which has been helping people build their new homes where they want, exactly as they want, across the nation and worldwide since 1993, Steve Tuma. Steve, how are things over at Landmark? Yeah, very well. We're working hard, taking care of a lot of customers, developing their personalized and customized home plans so that they can build a home that they want uh, and, and make sure it fits on the land, make sure it's easy for them to get building permits and make sure it goes through inspections properly. So business as usual over at Landmark. Working away. <laughs> so uh, we've talked a lot in the past about the, uh, you know, the panelized home building process from the ground up, but... But one thing we haven't gone over all that much um, are the finishing items uh, for a home building project. Now, you know, things such as cabinets, uh, doors, windows, siding, other details like that. Um, when a, a Landmark customer comes to you and they're looking at designs and they want to customize one of the Landmark designs, um, how, do those, uh, how do those fixtures and items come into the process? Well, it's very interesting um, because we are able to let the customer choose the finishing items. What we mean by finishing items are, you know, the siding, the windows, the cabinets, mm -hmm. the fixtures, the floors, the trim, you mm -hmm. know, the, the kind of details that you see. We supply the plans and then the wood structure, which you generally don't see after the home is built. But our customers like to personalize it, and that's the advantage. Sometimes they might, you know, people would go to a builder and, you know, there's a choice of, you know, like Henry Ford, there's a choice of everything as long as you pick from this one item, which really isn't a selection. In our situation with Landmark, people can choose their own flooring, mm -hmm. their own siding, their own um, faucets, the, the plumbing fixtures, countertops, cabinets. So there's almost an endless... Um, variety that they can choose from mm -hmm. the nice thing is we can go draw all those details on the plans so that when they're working with their plumber or electrician um carpeting people flooring people cabinet people they know what's required they know how much space they have for cabinets they know what areas are going to be wood floors what areas are going to be carpet what right. areas are going to be tile and whatever it is mm -hmm. and that's really the bottom line so that dollar for dollar the people get the house that they want and that's 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 a key element. So we can put the details on the plans. For sometimes homeowners associations need to review the exterior look. Other times it's just so that customers understand um, what they want to put on the home. They they make final decisions, and then it's clear on the plan set for the contractor. So it's very clear. The plans are actually like a communication device when you're getting estimates. It would show, hey, you want a cement board siding, or you want a metal roof, or whatever the details are so that it's it's very clear mm. so that i call it personalizing your home customizing is also a good word for it but you you can have the colors you want the materials you want the look you want the finishes that you want in the interior and exterior of the home mm. as you choose that's pretty cool no that all makes sense but now <laughs> now the tough part after we've all had all the fun of uh figuring out which windows and doors we want what about the nuts and bolts like uh, plumbing, the electric, the uh, the heating and air conditioning systems? So how do those get designed into the home and installed? 
Well, we're capable. Uh, that's kind of three items there, and they're they're similar but but also separate. We can do the plumbing layouts, and within that, there it is kind of nuts and bolts. You know, no one's really too concerned about the actual piping or sewer line in the home, but mm-hmm. you know, the faucets, the toilets, the tubs, the showers. Um, are there any special use, any wheelchair accessible or mobility restricted types, or are they just? Uh, some people want something a little more stylish. Other people want something a little simple, mm. more, more affordable. Mm-hmm. So uh, that we could put the details on the plans, but they could work with their actual plumbing supplier, whether it's the contractor or if they're installing the plumbing themselves. They can go to the plumbing supply house and pick out the faucets and, and details that they need. Um, now, also within plumbing, there's... There are some selections in the nut and bolts. Some people want a water tank heating system. Other people are going for the more on-demand heating systems, which are actually uh, more energy efficient. Mm -hmm. So electric systems. Um, Again, people generally just install what's required for for code for the actual wiring, but they might have different selections of switches, dimmers. Um, A lot of these are getting into smart home situations. Oh, right, yeah. So if someone wanted to, they could design their smart home situation, and we we could supply the set of plans and work with them to make sure that that everything's clear. So on electric, it's kind of more simple, but people can decide where they want, you know, yard lights, if they want uh, computer cabling, Mm -hmm. uh, ceiling fans. Um, We've got a lot of customers with different types of hobbies. Some people work on cars, some people have a wood shop, some people are um, audiophiles, or they've, they've got a editing bays or different situations, so they may need, have different electrical uh, requirements. Right, right. So we could design that into the home and not just supply what's their per code, but also design what they'll need to make the, the house more enjoyable for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, would that include, like, if I put a jacuzzi in the back, would that be like... All of that stuff kind of goes in at the same time. Well, that's ex- exactly right because that's uh, if if it's heated with uh, gas, mm-hmm. there's probably some gas piping. If it's heated electric, there would be an, uh, an electric circuit brought brought out there. And also, in some places where there's green codes, they're requiring uh, plugins for electric vehicles. Aha! Uh-huh. There you go. Yeah, so that's that's something maybe not as many people are concerned with now, but I, you know, if you look at the wave, it seems that there's more and more of them on the road. Mm-hmm. So there are, uh, th- and that that's where we're able to work with people because the idea is, you know, to make the house yours. Right. Oh, I think the last one you asked about was uh, HVAC, heating, ventilation, and and air conditioning. Mm-hmm. Again, a lot of people look at that as, uh, oh, that's just, you know, keep me warm. It's it's not exciting. You know, it's not a fireplace. It's not a window overlooking a, a, a great view. But the reality is there's a lot of filtration systems, humidifiers, higher efficiency heating systems and, and uh, cooling systems. And then uh, a lot of people are getting into the mini split systems as well. So there are a couple selections there on on what would work. The key to it is we can help design. You don't have to know how to do the manuals S, D, and J for your house. Mm. You don't have to know the electric code. You can just say, hey, we're going to have an electric car. We need this here. I happen to have my home arc welder. I need this. You know, we, mm-hmm. we cook a lot on the island. We want a couple sockets or, hey, we need sockets with uh, uh-huh. USB connections. Right. What, whatever it may be, we can go through and... Uh, Pretty and, detailed stuff. 
Well, homes are a, a little different now. Mm-hmm. Dining rooms are disappearing and being replaced by game rooms and home theaters. Mm-hmm. Extra bedrooms or areas and lofts are becoming home offices. Well, if if you look at the power requirements, people working at home offices with computers, printers, multiple screens, radio, phone systems, whatever it may be, um, you, you need a lot of sockets and the proper power in, in one particular location. So it's easier to install it when you're building it than it is to add it afterwards. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's very easy to take care of up front. Mm-hmm. There's something you hit on just a little bit. I want to backtrack just a, just a, a little bit because... Uh, um, we all know what smartphones are, but you had you had mentioned smart homes, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who are wondering, well, what what the hell is that? What is a smart home? Well, basically, it's automated systems. A lot of people have have heard of the big brand names, the Googles, the Alexas, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So theoretically, you could walk in your house, and it could sense you and say, oh. This is Steve walking in. He likes the house 72 degrees. He likes ah, classic rock playing. It. And he likes lighting like this. Mm. So other people just have simple things as far as being able to make a voice command and, uh, you know, light come on or come off. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're working with some people that have uh, mobility restrictions. So imagine if you were someone that lived by yourself and... You worked hard to get out of your wheelchair, get into the bed, and then you sit there and scratch your head and double guess yourself and say, <laughs> did I lock my front door? <laughs> right. How much fun is it to get out, you know, roll over to the door and to find out that it is locked, uh, <laughs> you know, compared uh, yeah. to just being able to say, <laughs> that lock, alone lock. is worth it. <laughs> right. And then other people, you know, w- would like it just for security systems, yard mm-hmm. lighting, mm-hmm. Um, you know, that that's an evolving business. So. We, we can work with people if they choose to uh, design a system like that. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's another thing we haven't really hit on as much, and it's kind of a nuts and bolts thing. We talk a lot about the overall design and how much fun designing a home is. But what about uh, insulation? I Let's say I'm building a home and I don't know. Is, is Landmark able to uh, let me know the best insulation for me, for my home, for my area? Yeah, we can help you with that. And what, what the key element and that is... The, the theoretical calculations with uh, prescriptive guidelines, res check, or actual calculations to show the energy efficiency of your home. In some states, it's very simple. They just say, hey, put R21 in the wall, R48 in the ceiling, and that's good insulation. And, you know, maybe that is good, but there's always ways if someone wanted to get a little more involved, mm-hmm. say, to the, the, the situation of, like, the state of California does... Mm-hmm where they actually get into the type of roofing materials, the color of the roofing materials, the type of siding, the orientation of uh-huh. your home. Right. And and that can greatly affect it because the the simple way to put the concept across is all of us have stood by a big glass window facing south on a sunny day. Mm-hmm. It seems that the heat is magnified and or the the sun power gets magnified through the glass and creates heat. Mm-hmm. Well, in summer that's kind of or sorry, in winter, that's kind of a, a help. But in summer, it might be heating up, mm-hmm. and it's fighting against your air conditioning system. So the sun's creating heat. Your air conditioning system's trying to cool. Mm-hmm. It's creating a, uh, a a higher utility bill. Right. Well, there are certain things that can be done in the design of that to to prevent or minimize the uh, 
that, that occurrence to, to keep to it. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of dancing around saying, hey, the, the insulation is important, but understanding where the insulation needs to go mm-hmm. is the important part. Sometimes a lot of people are surprised when they find out if their basement insulation or slab or crawl space insulation can be the difference of passing or failing. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think, hey, insulation in walls and roofs and, you know, having the right window. So it's these calculations can get into the efficiencies of furnaces and air conditioning systems. Mm-hmm. And they can also get into the details, the performance ratings for windows, as well as the actual insulation. So we go a little bit farther to make sure that the home as a unit performs well right because there kind of really isn't any sense to putting great insulation in your walls and then having a window that performs very bad right and defeating the purpose a quarterback's only as good as his receivers and vice versa <laughs> exactly right yeah it's it's a, it's a team it's like a chain mm-hmm. you know the weakest link determines the strength of the chain so we want to keep all the links solid mm-hmm. now we've talked in the past a little bit about floor systems and flooring in general but um how would i know what type of floor system should be in my new home i mean it's, you know two by tens i joists floor trusses all of those it, get, it get, gets a little bit uh confusing at times and i'm sure landmark uh has a lot of answers for that right and there's a variety of different reasons the like you mentioned dimensional wood two by tens and two by twelves there's reasons for those engineered eye joists. There's other reasons and open web floor trusses. There's, there's other reasons. So let's just start with the, the, the benefits of each one, the dimensional woods, two by tens and two by twelves are generally the most affordable, but they only can span such a distance. Mm-hmm. So for example, under certain conditions, a two by 10 say would span 13 feet. But if you wanted to have a room that was, say 26 feet wide like a basement say right. say your basement was 26 feet wide you have to have a beam down there so that you know one group would span 13 feet to the beam and then the other one would span 13 feet to the opposite side of the foundation mm-hmm. it's affordable it's conventional it's been used forever it works but if you're in a crawl space that makes sense if you're in a basement it can make sense as well but people have to realize you can't cut a big hole through a two by 10 and run a duck through it. <laughs> right. So you're going to have to hang your ducks below it. So mm-hmm. if you have a basement, it's going to, you're going to have a soffit or a lowered ceiling. So in the case mm-hmm. of a eight foot wall, and I'm simplifying the math here. If you have an eight foot wall, you have, might have a duct come down a foot. Mm-hmm. That gives you a seven foot ceiling in certain places. Oh, now, right. I see that. Now, if if your basement is a storage space or something that, you know, it's just kind of a used here and there, it's okay. But if you were to have a family room down there with a big screen TV and a pool table and, uh, you know, recreation areas, people might find that the, uh, the eight-foot ceiling is more conventional. So with using two-by-tens, they could raise the height of the basement floor or wall, I mean, going from an eight-foot wall to a nine-foot wall. And then, then the clearances would work. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the bottom line on those. I-joists can span. They're an engineered material. They can span farther. Sometimes 20, 30 feet mm-hmm. is, is very reasonable for those items. So you could then take this 26-foot basement, not have beams, and minimize the posts in the basement. Ah, okay. Okay, so suddenly... And, 
Steven, you, you've been in people, you know, game room downstairs, they're having a big Super Bowl party, the pool table's going, mm-hmm, and right. that post is always in the wrong exactly. place. No matter where you put it, you know, there's that shot, you're at the pool table, you're about to win, and oh, the post is in the way. So with uh, iJoyce, you can have bigger spans creating bigger areas, but they also have limitations on the size of hole you can cut through them. Mm-hmm. So in the case of ductwork or, or larger drainage pipes, you would have to put them, hang them below the eye joist. Oh, that makes sense. Um, now, floor trusses work similar to eye joists. They can span farther, but a floor truss has open webs in it, so you can pass ductwork and plumbing and electric through them. Mm. So it gives you that finished uh, ceiling height. Mm. So, or it's a higher ceiling height, and that's the nice thing about it, is it gives the flexibility. So there's good, there's good and bad to each one. Cost wise, the dimensional wood is generally the least expensive. Ijoice will go up a little bit, and floor trusses will go up a little bit beyond that. It's hard to it's hard to give an exact dollar amount. Because it depends on the design, point loads above it, and a variety of other details. But for a, for a typical home to go from two by tens to floor trusses, you might add a couple or a few thousand dollars. Mm. Someone might say, "Oh, that's a lot of money." I would say, "Hey, if you've got a basement and a walkout basement, and you can make it wide open for a relatively little amount of money, mm. you've got a lot of open space." Right. And that's that's something to consider. So suddenly your walkout basement becomes more usable. In, instead of a, a basement with a forest of poles, you got open areas. Um, and in some cases, people have put drive under garages, workshops, brought their boats in their kayaks, um, you know, their picnic equipment, they put it inside. And some families, that's where they have big tables for family get-togethers. Mm-hmm. You know, the holidays or birthdays, they have 20 or 30 people over. It's one big you know, dining hall. Mm-hmm. So it's, we can help with those ideas, ask them how they want to use the home, talk to our structural engineers to make sure that the design is right and then, then go forward to help. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's one of those things. People don't think about it until you're in your basement wanting to use it. Yeah. If you move those posts and your, your pool game goes up. Right. So we, uh, We've uh, talked about flooring. Let's uh, let's go as they say from the ground up. What type of roof uh, should I put on my home, on my new home? What can I put? I mean, there's so many choices. It seems asphalt, uh, asphalt shingles, metal, on and on. Tile. Yeah. Right. No, it's it's uh, sometimes the the roof is a, a budget situation where mm-hmm. people will go with a simpler three tab asphalt shingle. That's probably considered be least expensive. People will have asphalt shingles that are uh, architectural shingles. They they have more of a texture to them. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot more people are going with metal roofs, and then in certain parts of the country, tile is very important. It's part of the architectural design. So we can design in any type of uh, roof system that someone likes. On flat roofs, there's a lot of rubber roof systems. But what basically, I think most people have an idea of what they want. Mm-hmm. If someone was going to do a Mediterranean design or a Southwest design, they'd probably go with a tile roof. Um, the metal roofs can go on a lot of different homes as well as the asphalt. Now, in some places, there's reasons to have different roofs, um, like fire resistance. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the ratings of fire resistance. So all of us have heard about the fires in the West and 
you know, so there there might be reasons to make sure, or there definitely are reasons to make sure that you've got a class yeah, a, of class, course. class B of course. roof shingle. But as, as, as far as the different types, we just need to know to make sure that the roof structure is right because mm-hmm. some of the tiles weigh more than an asphalt shingle, so we've got to put a, you know, increase the the strength of the roof system to to hold the the shingles properly mm-hmm. well while we're up walking around on the roof <laughs> let's talk <laughs> about snow loads i mean that's something that comes up in customer questions all the time you know the people living in in uh, minnesota or colorado is that more of a concern for them than say someone living in florida it's actually a concern everywhere because you want your roof to be designed properly Mm -hmm. all of us have been in an older neighborhood and you see a house and there's a a sway back roof or something or a wave in the roof that's where something wasn't designed properly Mm, so what's interesting is they call it a snow load but obviously in some places there really isn't snow (laughs) so it's more of a just a generic term for loading and what they want to do is just make sure that the loads are proper for for Mm -hmm. the roof system so if Steve, if you were building a house on Key West, Florida, you would have a lower snow load because it really doesn't get any snow load there mm-hmm. than if you were to build that same home in Leadville, Colorado, 11,000 feet up, or in Lake Tahoe, where they can get 150, 170 pounds of, of snow. So we need to know that just to make sure that the the trusses are properly designed and then uh, the truss weight is supported by the walls and then Mm -hmm. the foundation Mm -hmm. so a lot of people will find that sometimes their building department doesn't know or they won't tell them the the building department actually might not know that yeah it's it's kind of interesting some of them just don't know Mm -hmm. uh, the simpler ones but we can find out and then in other places like stephen mountain areas you, you you brought up colorado the rockies you could have areas where in the same zip code the elevation of the ground can go up a thousand or two thousand feet, right. and that can change the snow load. So there's our special areas where you have have to actually look <clears throat> at the elevation that the home is being built at to find out. Hey, is a snow load fifty pounds, seventy pounds, a hundred, a hundred and ten pounds? So mm-hmm. if it's not always uniform, but if you were in a like a flat flatter terrain like Phoenix, they'll they'll generally have one snow load but if you went into the rocky mountains where towns or even the the mountains along the sierras even in uh, upstate new york you can end up in situations where the snow load can vary by the location mm-hmm. you go from one side of town it's one rating go to the other side of town it's another rating now if uh if someone can't find that out we can sort it out for them when we're doing the design elements of the home and then make sure that the home is designed properly for for the uh the snow loads Hmm. that's uh uh, interesting though now we've we've learned something like we do every day hopefully uh that's the idea snow lord is a snow load is a generic term just uh uh, so we make sure that we build a roof that's damn strong enough. <laughs> that, that's the idea. <laughs> but it, it, you know, we're we're simplifying in snow loads. There's a lot of issues with uh, with roofs. You know, there's there's wind coming across hurricane situations. Mm-hmm. There's the weight of the drywall on the inside. There's live loads and dead loads for top and bottom cords. Um, there's also energy heel 
trusses that allow for insulation to be brought to the edge well there's there's a whole variety of of scenarios that come into uh, uh roof design mm-hmm. and and lately we've had more and more building departments rightly asking to make sure that the water flows off the roof properly mm-hmm. you know in drainage plans they make sure there's gutters so that the water can flow and where does it go so that your gutter doesn't go in your neighbor's house or something like that right well, I know you're uh, I know you're a busy guy, but you got uh, time for one more question. I'd like to yeah, let's do it. let's uh, let's talk about site plans uh, for my building site. Um, so let's say my building department wants me to uh, to have a site plan drawn up, but I I wouldn't even know how to start. We can do that. We've got all the drafting and and uh, capabilities to make sure a site plans put together. We can also find out what your building department wants. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a really varied situation because some building departments and you know that are less sophisticated they just want to know what's the size of your lot where's where is your house mm-hmm. so let's just say you've got a lot in the city and it's a hundred by a hundred they they want to know that you're within the building setbacks the front side and the rear setbacks they want to know where your driveway is where your house is and maybe the size of your house mm-hmm. just to make sure it fits in zoning then there's other right. building departments that go to the nth degree they want to know where the electric comes in where the gas line is where the water line is where the sewer line is where your neighbor's water sewer is Mm -hmm. you know where your driveway is all these different setbacks are there easements are there power lines are there other buildings and we've been asked to locate the (laughs) doghouse on some of these because they don't want people there's there's guidelines on that. You can't stick your doghouse right underneath your neighbor's bedroom window, mm-hmm. you know, if you're in a higher density area. Right. So we, we've we run into situations like that where we've also got to work together with our clients, a uh, civil engineer for grading and drainage plans. So there there's a lot of details that can come into it. Now that, in a sense, what I've described to you is like a bird's eye view looking down on, on the land. Uh, but a lot of building departments are rightfully concerned about the terrain. They want to know the topography. Is your house slope? Does your land slope down? And if so, is there enough space for the walkout basement you intend on doing? How's the drainage? Or you know, is is there an excessive slope of your driveway? Mm-hmm. So these these are all situations that we can work with. Each building department's a little different. Some of them will ask questions that have never been asked by anyone else. Others will ask very common questions, but that's a key element. And generally, they need to be drawn to scale, a specific scale, and they'll actually say it's got to be a specific scale and a specific size Mm, paper. So we're able to get that all formatted properly. The formatting of that is is pretty pretty, uh, important Mm. to make sure everything's to scale, drawn right, and accurate. So. Fantastic. Well, we are about out of time here on the Panelized Prefab Kit Home Building Show. I want to thank all of you for listening in once again. Uh, And before we go, I want to give Steve a chance to let people know how to contact Landmark Home and Land Company. The easiest way is to take a look at our webpage, which is lhlc.com. Kind of the initials of Landmark Home Land Company. Mm -hmm. It's actually Landmark Home and Land Company, but lhlc.com will work there's a there's videos on there there's these podcasts there's plan ideas there's discussions on what we supply how we can help you some pictures and and other details like that Mm -hmm. Um, 
You can also call 800-830-9788. Mike will take care of you initially and talk to you about your project. We do answer our phone. If for some reason we can't answer our phone right away, leave a message and we'll return your call promptly. We are very proactive in talking to people and and, uh, making sure that they're taken care of properly. Mm -hmm. Um, Or they could email uh, Mike at LHLC.com. Or they could reach me anytime at landmark at lhlc.com. Uh, the key to it is we are very interested in our individual customers' projects. We will take the time to find out what you're looking for, and we will also take the time to explain how we can help and how these different concepts work for your individual project. And I would encourage all of our listeners to go to the website. Again, that's lhlc.com there's some great information on there some amazing videos showca- showcasing the uh, the process of panelized home building from A to Z so anyway again for Steve Tuman and myself thank you for joining us on the panelized prefab kit home building show and we will see you all next time thank you <laughs>